According to the 2020 Global Gender Gap Report, it will take another 100 years to achieve gender equality based on the current rate of progress. These statistics are alarming as women have already fought for the past 100 years for only basic rights that we have received in modern times. In this episode, we'll be diving into how gender stereotypes limit this progress and what must be done to combat these hardwired beliefs that limit women professionally and personally. My name is Shannon Cox. And I'm Nicole Kellerman. And welcome to Women Are Still Oppressed. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us in our podcast. And we actually wanted to start off this segment of our podcast talking about really childhood experiences that morphed our hardwired beliefs today and, and specifically beliefs around gender stereotypes. So as as kids, you know, we're wired to believe that certain jobs are more female, whereas other jobs are more male. Would you agree, Nicole? Yeah, I feel like it definitely starts from when we are children, just as we see in chores, like I was supposed to do the dishes and my mom would cook, whereas my brother was to take out the trash and also mow the lawn. Just from these little things that we grow up as children, those are becoming our subconscious beliefs that women are not able to do that heavy lifting like men can do. That's a great example of how, you know, from our childhood, we are starting to gain these beliefs that that undervalue ourselves. Yeah. And that end up going into these beliefs that we have in our adulthood, in our personal and professional Mm -hmm. lives. Yeah, definitely. Even watching that TED talk from Shelly Carell at Stanford, that really kind of opened our eyes. And I hope it opens a lot of your eyes as well that we do undervalue ourselves and these negative stereotypes impact our self-assessments of our own selves. Like there has been many cases and studies done that show that negative stereotypes make us perform less. For example, there was a study of Asian women and clearly they have different stereotypes in general. Asians are better at math. That is a stereotype. But then when you think of women, they're not as good as at math. But when you combine the two, they did the test on Asian women in general. And those that were presented the stereotype that Asian women are better at math, they performed significantly better. Yeah. But then when it was just women in general that are b- bad at math, they decreased their performance. And just in general, like, it shows that these hardwired beliefs go goes to show our performance when yeah. you're told that you're not going to perform as well because of that stereotype, it shows in your work. That you actually don't perform. And it's all about, as Shelley Carell mentioned, it's all about how we shape our messaging, right? So if we tell Asian women, like you said, well, you're Asian, you're supposed to be good at math, you're supposed to be good at science, they'll perform weather better because they, you know, have that belief, yes, that I can because of the stereotype surrounding who I am. Yeah, Whereas, I actually yeah. Um, heard this one podcast, it's called the Mindset Mentor Podcast, and he shared a story about how this boy who was not good in school he got bad grades he didn't want to go to school because he knew he wasn't good at it but then when he went to take the sat he had to and 
there was a fluke in the system. They made the mistake, the error of his actual grade. He ended up almost scoring near perfect on the SAT. And ever since that day, that shaped his future. He ended up going to class every day. He ended up getting amazing grades. And it's all because that one number on the page dictated how he thought about himself. And it goes to show like these beliefs Mm -hmm. really impact how we show up. So when women hear that we can't do these things, it impacts For example, my mom will not ask for a raise no matter what I tell her. Like, I know that our generation, we're starting to really advocate ourselves. Yeah. But my mom is in accounting and she should be making way more than she does. But it's that limiting belief and imposter syndrome that really starts to take over because we think that we can't do those. We start having these limiting beliefs that show that. Yeah, that's such a great point as well because we, because of this self-doubt, this only the self-doubt, it ends up causing decreased performance. And as much as we tell women, you know, today after learning all this information, I can decide for myself not to have this doubt. You know, I'm a boss woman. I can take on any career I want. But even though women can finally learn this for themselves and have that aha moment, that doesn't mean that change is going to occur because of the environmental pressures that they face in organizations at work. If their environment and their organization is not also advocating for them the way that women can advocate for themselves, there's no way that we're going to start seeing women rise in in leadership positions at their jobs. And and I wanted to touch base. You made a great point before, Nicole, in saying that, that women are are least like less likely to advocate for themselves in order mm-hmm. to gain, you know, promotions or to negotiate um their their rise and their salaries, but and that's there's literally statistics to to back that up in which, you know, only 7% of women, isn't that crazy? Only mm-hmm. 7% of women will ever really negotiate for themselves yeah, today. Yeah, and even men that are just graduating colleges, they will be negotiating their salary from the start because they're told to that they can yeah they have that confidence and in the ted talk with susan colanchuano she talks about how 50 percent of women are in middle management however only 30 percent are actually in these female ceo roles and why is that there's she talks about this missing 33 percent and how women aren't getting what men really are taking from it. And there's this one quote that she said, I have two prodigies, a man and a woman. I helped the woman build confidence and the man learn the business. I didn't realize that I was treating them any differently. And that came from a high-level executive man. And it just goes to show that women are not on the same playing field as men at all and so in order to impact these stereotypical beliefs in general about gender you need to work with the entire environment women can't be the only ones wanting to learn and how to in general how to better our future for example there is not a single man in our class nope and and nicole and i were talking about this as we were getting ready to settle down with our podcast and we're talking about, you know, how it's important that obviously men get informed and educated on the gender pay gap, on gender inequality. But 
how are we supposed to do that if they're mm-hmm. not even taking the time to listen? They will, it will never get that way. That's why we're projected for another 100 years. Yeah. 200 years since the women's movement started, there's going to be equality. Yeah. It needs to start now. And yes, it already has started, but there's such a scarcity in female CEOs that the progress is really not going to change until men start educating themselves. And why, like Nicole, from your your take, why do you think that there is a scarcity in female CEOs? Why do you think that that women are not rising in the in the ranks? Honestly, and one of the articles that we read talks about this. There, there's this old boy network where the men are leaving the women out of the picture. It's just not an option. And I I know that you mentioned that there is this movie that you watched. Yeah, yeah. There's a movie with Taraji P. Henson, one of my favorite actresses, and it's called What Men Want. And it's a remake from an old movie um, called What Women Want, where, where Taraji, her character is actually able to hear the thoughts of the guys around her. She one day is blessed with this weird ability to hear the inner thoughts of the men around her. And through this, she's able to find out that the men at her job, which is a sports management agency, which I'm sure you all can imagine, predominantly Mm -hmm. men, right? Yeah. Um, They have been having informal kind of get-togethers outside of the workplace. So they were going and they were having poker night and doing golf, and they were not inviting Taraji's character at all to, to these informal work gatherings mm-hmm. but although you know maybe even in their eyes they didn't imagine it this way that was limiting Taraji's ability yeah. to succeed in the office because they were talking business at these informal mm-hmm. gatherings and they weren't inviting you know their their female counterparts there because it was more of like a boys night yeah that was supposed to be more of an outside of the work thing but they were talking about work and they were getting deals you know, situated over these, over these informal things. And this is something that happens, you know, in our society today, we see that men do host those poker nights or men do Mm -hmm. deals over golf, but very rarely do you see them invite their female counterparts. Yeah. And that definitely connects to when Susan mentioned, there's three pieces to getting to that upper management. She talks about 33% of the use of greatness in yourself the other 33% of engaging the greatness in others. But then there's this missing 33% when you're interviewing top executives that they, they leave out this missing part that is so crucial. It's having that strategic business and financial acumen that really is going to pull you to the top. But the thing is, Men are comfortable with men and they help men get to that next level. Yeah, because you are willing to talk with people that are similar to yourselves. You trust that because that's what you know, right? And it really, it goes to show like these industries that are very male dominated, like the oil and gas industry. My dad is personally in that field and I never in my life, have thought that is an industry that I can break into. No, me either. Just because it's a, it's a stereotype. And I know me and you, we still have limiting beliefs ourselves that we yeah. need to work through. But it's about also having men 
change those stereotypes as well. Definitely. And this leads into the next segment actually of our of our podcast where I was lucky enough to have one of our very close friends join us. Um, she is a chemical engineer at a major oil company, which is male dominated. And so we're excited to feature my friend Carrie and really her story about what it's like to be a woman in a male dominated industry. Well, hey, Carrie, thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So for our listeners who don't know much about you, would you mind just kind of telling us about who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Carrie. I'm originally from New York, um, and I recently graduated with a degree in chemical engineering. Um, I joined the workforce a little after graduation, so July of 2020, um, approaching a year working at a manufacturing site in the state of Louisiana. Great. And can you kind of tell us what what made you pursue, you know, a career that's, that is so male dominated and did you have any role models or anybody that kind of pushed you to, yeah, to wanting to be an engineer? You know, I love getting asked this question because I feel like there are so many people that convinced me, uh, to pursue engineering. Um, I think it started probably for me around high school. I had a really good chemistry teacher in high school, uh, who kind of planted the seed, um, but even not too far away from home, my mom is, my mom's a doctor and she works in a field where she is the only woman, uh, in her office and in her department. So I think I've always had her to look up to. Um, and I saw that she was able to do it. She was able to do it successfully and, and be a great mom to us. Um, I've had older girls that I knew from high school or, my grade school even that had gone into engineering and I saw that they they could do it it didn't seem as as hard as everyone made it out to be so um they were kind of my my source of hope that that I would be able to get through it also yeah having those kind of role models to to look up to to know that you can succeed as a woman as a female engineer that's definitely a a huge part of it and and now that you are in the workforce and you are currently working you know, as a, as a woman in engineering, what is it like to work in, in an industry that's male dominated for you? So it's different. Um, I, the high school I went to was actually all girls. So I was, I was very much used to not being the only female in the room. Uh, and even in college, my, my chemical engineering class, believe it or not, was majority female. Um, I wow. Think a that's lot interesting. Of, <laughs> yeah. So Definitely not the norm, um, but I think a lot of I think a lot of the women that I went to school with pursued chemical engineering to go into cosmetics, and I think we were exposed to different industries within chemical engineering um, that tended to attract more women. So it was really neat to have that uh, and to have that support, especially through college. I mean, some years were tougher than others, um, but then I I started work and. It's that's not the case all the time. Um, there are times where it, I am the only woman in the room, or maybe it's me and someone else. Um, but it hasn't it hasn't totally taken away from the experience. I think you learn to hold yourself uh, in a different way and just 
how to learn how to be a little bit more confident in yourself. Um, I think we as women tend to put a lot more pressure on ourselves um, in these kinds of situations. And so trying to teach yourself how to kind of giving yourself that pep talk that, yes, I am capable of this. Um, Other people have done this before me. And and I know that if I have people that I need to turn to, they are there and they they do exist. Um, I just have to make that effort and, and help will be there. And it's okay to ask for that help. Um, so I think that's something that I've struggled with and kind of learned since I've started is it's okay to ask for help. Uh, people are not expecting you to be the smartest person in the room. Um, and that's not, it's also not a sign of weakness to ask for help, which I think a lot of women throughout the years have felt that, that asking for, for help would make you look like you're the, you're the, you know, woman who, who doesn't understand, but that's not necessarily a sign of weakness. It actually will help you advance and be able to understand what you need to know to, to succeed. Yeah. And, and when you ask those questions and, and you show that you're interested, I mean, people, people pick up on that. And, and I mean, it's so important throughout all our careers to, to meet people and to, to build relationships with mentors and, and, a lot of that is on us. Definitely. Well, thank you for kind of giving us a little bit of insight. I know a lot of us, you know, we're still students, so we haven't necessarily entered the workforce. And whether we're we're entering it in a male-dominated industry or not, it's it's definitely exciting to know that you had a lot of female role models and also females in your engineering classes. Because I, I think that shows that we are making advancements and, and women are, feel more comfortable entering, you know, a, a workforce that is male-dominated. So thank you for, for that insight, Carrie. We, we definitely enjoyed having you on today. Yeah, of course. Good luck to all of you. Well, welcome back, everyone. And I'm so glad that you were able to listen, you know, just from a personal perspective of my friend Carrie, who's working as an engineer and what it's been like for her. But now that we've discussed the issues and the problems surrounding how gender stereotypes, you know, affect our aspirations in the future, how do we solve this? How do we as women promote not only the courage in ourselves to move forward and be successful in our personal professional lives, but how can we make sure society as a whole is taking accountability in in eliminating these stereotypes, right? And moving forward. Yeah, and I definitely feel like it starts within the home. And I know that we may or we may not be having kids right now, but it really does start around the beliefs and what we're what we see in our own family lives. And I know me growing up, I wasn't surrounded by positive affirmations. I know that's on the rise right now where we tell each other we should be strong women. We should say we are strong women. But Shannon, you made a point about how we don't say that men are strong. You don't reference a man and say, oh, that strong man. No, yeah. that's not a thing. It's just like... Because oh, we believe already that right. they're strong. We already but we know make, that. We make a point to say, oh, she's a strong woman because some women apparently in that in that metaphor are strong and some aren't. Right. So when we are having kids and just even right now, the parents that are becoming parents right now... Raising their youth. Raise your children gender neutral make it so a a girl is taking the trash out or she is mowing the lawn right exactly doing these things and vice versa the men need to also start being raised to think that because it's all about your environment mm-hmm. 
Definitely. When we're born, we know absolutely nothing. And every all of our beliefs are learned. Everything that we go throughout. And also, women need to just start to also go around with their capabilities and promote themselves and also have men promote themselves. Exactly. So as we talked about, the first point is making sure that we're teaching our kids, right? Making sure that we're teaching our young girls that they can do anything that they put their minds to and that gender does not disqualify them from any position or any role but it's also teaching young our sons and young mm-hmm. men that women are capable to do any role and that there's no difference in gender between yeah. between what men and women or what women and men can or cannot do and so we can promote we can promote this within our kids but we need to make sure that our kids are standing up in their future environments or organizations and promoting their capabilities yeah. as well and also just like right now as we're all entering the workforce as women, the diversity inclusion sector of an organization, it needs to be stronger. Definitely. And we know that gender is, it's not at the top of diversity and inclusion matters, but it should be. It should be at equal playing field. And honestly, it seems like most organizations do have this right now, but it's not that prevalent. They, it's kind of pushed to the side most CEOs, they, they, they need it. They need yeah, it in their organization. They'll make sure that their organization has a, a diversity and inclusion sector. But once they have it, they think, all right, we have it. It right. looks good. But we need to really, the diversity and inclusion sector in an organization needs to be really well thought mm-hmm. out and needs to make sure that they're enacting policies and, and let's say, standards at the organization yeah. to make sure that both men and women are at an equal playing field. And one great, great point that we read from one of the articles this week was that we need to have gender equity career maps. And what this means is that we need to, to allow everyone in the organization to have the knowledge of what their their peers and their their counterparts are making in yeah. their salaries and this will help this will help women and men immensely be able to build trust in the organization when women see that their male counterparts are making the same money mm-hmm. as them that's going to eliminate any self-doubt that they've ever had yeah. because they're seeing all right I'm getting equal play for equal work and it's going to build trust in the organization for sure I I also think that there should be continuing education. Definitely. You know how there is for doctors. They need yeah. to have these continuing ethics. education yeah, every ethics. single year. Courses. I think that diversity and inclusion, they can really take advantage of these courses or just in general mentorships. And, and in that, men can be mentoring that strategic business financial acumen that women are being left out of right now. Women can advocate that they want to learn that. Yeah. It's not just about leadership. And even just to connect this to the homemaking role. Right now, men are, they're teaching the women the leadership aspects. Yeah. But it's more than the leadership. It's about taking an organization to a whole new level. But women, they're they're just not getting there. Because the men aren't advocating or even dedicating their time to teaching those things yeah they're not even having those business conversations with them and that's the point where women need to definitely stand up and go to their boss and ask them questions about business Mm -hmm. and finances make it known that women want to learn that they want to rise in the ranks at their organization so they're willing to take the time to educate themselves and when men see you know that women are stepping forward instead of of letting men Mm -hmm. take control and only allow them to steer the conversation about business and strategy 
women need to go ahead and they need to control the message and they need to definitely go ahead and ask about business finances because when they do so, they'll start to gain the trust from the organization that will allow them to you know, possibly get promotions in the future right. because and their their counterparts or their, sorry, their bosses will believe in them. And wasn't there, there was these steps that Cheryl Sandberg had outlined in the, one of the last TED Talks that we watched together. What were they? So this is a great, a great point to definitely end with, Nicole. And Cheryl Sandberg in her TED Talk talked about three key points that every woman in business should, should think about and utilize moving forward if they want to, you know, have a successful career and eliminate gender stereotypes from keeping them to be successful. And the first, the first key point was making sure that you're sitting at the table. And when we talk about sitting at the table, this means that when you're in a business meeting or when you are talking with your business associates, make sure that you're asking questions. Make sure that you're inserting yourself in the conversation, even if it feels like your your male peers are, are talking with themselves, kind of like the boys club. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you are making yourself known in that conversation and don't just sit on the side and be forgotten about. Because the more that you insert yourself, it, it's going to make it nearly impossible for men not to include right. you. And then the next step is making your partner a real partner. They should be the same responsibilities. Women shouldn't have these house-making responsibilities. The men need to step up. And I know that in today's society, we are starting to get into relationships where we do require that. Yeah, We aren't stepping back and doing these responsibilities. We're making an equal 50-50 distrib- distribution so that way we can move towards progress. Definitely. And in making your partner a real partner, one of the best ways to do this would be allowing organizations to extend their paternity leave because we assume that since mothers have their maternity leave that are that are much longer usually than, than men's paternity leaves, that they're the ones who are going to mm-hmm. stay at home and take care of the kids. And that ends up being the issue where women then you know, feel bad that they want to stay home with their kids yeah. and they give up their full-time jobs to mm-hmm. be a parent. But if we allow men to have extended paternity leave and they build those connections with their kids in the early stages of its life, what goes to say that the men would then wouldn't decide, you know what, I want to stay at home with the kids. I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Let me let my wife be the breadwinner. Let me let my yeah. wife go to work. And, and the, revol- the roles can then be a little bit more balanced and, and reversed. And then the final one is don't leave before you leave. We like to think ahead as women and we can't, we can't. Basically, if we're thinking we're going to get married within five years, we can't let those beliefs stop us from In the current taking, time. let's say we, we do want to strive for an upper management position. We can't say, oh, well, in five years, I'm not going to be able to actually take on that stress. You need to keep your foot on the gas pedal and keep going. Definitely. And... We just want to thank you all today for listening to just our thoughts about about gender stereotypes and and what we can do to eliminate these in the workplace. And we hope that you guys were able to learn a lot from the resources we provided you and our personal stories. And I'm so grateful you could hear from my friend. And moving forward, we look forward to continuing this conversation on Edmodo with you all and each week learning a little bit more about how we can can be successful as women Mm -hmm. in the workplace in the future. So thank you so much. 